Series 9 of the Lennon Courtney podcast is coming very, very soon. And in the meantime, follow us on all social for all the latest updates. This week, we are delighted to be joined by best-selling author Rachel Allen. At 18, Rachel left Dublin to study at the world-famous Ballymaloo Cookery School, and the rest are is history. Since then, Rachel has gone on to create an incredible 19 best-selling cookbooks and appeared on TV and radio all over the world. In this episode, we talk to Rachel about pretty much everything and a few beautiful little pearls of wisdom in there. Welcome to the Lennon Courtney podcast, Pearls of Wisdom with Rachel Allen. So we are so excited, Rachel Allen. Thank you so much for joining the Lennon Courtney podcast. Delighted to see you, Rachel. Thank you, Brendan. Thanks, Sonia. It's lovely to be here. A long time ago, we hung out together. We had great fun um, one night, I think, in... Well, we've had a couple of good fun nights, but I do remember having a particularly good fun night in the convention centre. Was it the Queen or something? Yes, the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, Prince Philip. Oh, my God. They were there. They just (laughs) happened to be there. No, no, I think they came to see you, to be honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember um, I was giving the introductions. Were you giving introductions as well, Sonia? I had 10 people I had to introduce to the Duke of Edinburgh and to say a little bit about them. And so I'd been given the brief, you know, months in advance. Um, it was the head of TV3. It was the head of um, big law firm. It was the head of this, head of that. And uh, Robert Sheehan, the actor. Um, and then at the last minute, I remember they they changed one of the people. And that threw me because I'd been rehearsing for months. And this is so-and-so, and this is so-and-so. And then they swapped one of the people. I was going, oh! <laughs> so, Rachel... We have we have known each other for a long time, all of us, but we're just so thrilled to have you. And and we're you're super busy because you have a book out at the moment, brand new book to add to your library of books that you've already published. Um, tell yeah. us about it. Well, it's called Super Broth Bread, and um, if I hadn't just moved house yesterday I mean I literally can't find a copy of it I don't know I think that's gone into storage as well I think there was a a glitch yes we've we've just moved house so but the the book that I should have in my hands to show you here is um it's really I've always always been going on about soups and stocks and Simone my sister and I will say oh I made this delicious soup my mum is a great soup maker um an avid soup maker and a great stock maker so I think we just grew up with really good soups and and it was a way that I always um tried to get you know lots of decent vegetables into my children so I happened to be chatting with my lovely friend and agent Jenny about two years ago I was over in London before virus started and all that and um and she was saying right the next book let's chat about it and I had all these other ideas and then I happened just to drop into conversation how um, my dear friend Helen was going through chemo at the time. And um, and thankfully she's good. Um, but um, and I had just been making her some soup. Um, and then so I happened to be saying this to my agent, Jenny. And Jenny said, soup broth. Brilliant. And I said, what? And she said, your book. I said, what book? <laughs> she said, yeah, well, you're always talking about soups and broths and, of course, making bread. So she said, that's it. Perfect. And it was like, I said, yes, brilliant. Yes. And then we started getting excited, talking about food, talking about ramen, talking about, you know, laksa. Um, every delicious country has a soup. You know, mind you, going back to Helen, I did. I was at her house uh, during the summer 
and I was getting the ice for gin and tonic that we were about to have sitting outside. What did I find in a freezer? The soup and the broth that I'd be making her. <laughs> so just everybody will obviously know Sonia's an amazing soup maker, but right over here in the corner, that's carrot soup I made from scratch yesterday. It wouldn't be known for my soups. But I, 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 yeah, I once made nettle soup for my entire family. <laughs> so good. It's it was so, so good. good. It's thought yes. to be really good for your joints, actually. People Is who it? are achy, yeah, it will have um, will eat nettle soup, folic acid iron. It's super. The so and the book is full of these uh, because I, you know, if I'm in a in sort of fitness mode, I go I go back to soup, right? Because yes. it's really easy. One pot for people like me, soup is perfect. One pot, yes. no thinking, put it on. In fact, we have in our tiny kitchen, we have a slow cooker. Adam said I wanted a slow cooker, right? I said I don't want a slow cooker, but it's exactly the same as a pot cooker, right? Just it's in a different thing, right? So just before we, we move on from soup, what is the healthiest soup we should have for our immune system going into the winter? Well, I think it's actually the the base that we need to talk about, which is the stock. So it's making a stock. So I pretty much every week roast a chicken and it is taking a chicken carcass or whatever chicken bones you have. And they can be raw or previously cooked, you know, in a roasted chicken. Put them into a pot, put in a carrot. You can just wash the carrot or, or peel it if you prefer. Um, just break it in half, cut an onion in half, stick it to of celery, a little bit of leek if you like, um, parsley, thyme. But if you don't have one of those things, you know, it's not, it's not a problem. I love to put a bit of garlic into stock. And um, so then, so a couple of cloves of garlic, I just cut them in half, but skins on everything. And then fill the saucepan up. So you're covering the vegetables and the bones really well with water and you bring it up to a simmer and you simmer it for two, three hours. I like to season my stock um, a little bit so it is more broth-like. Broth is basically a stock that's simmered for a very long time and sometimes a broth can have more ingredients in it. So I think it's basically that it's it's the basis of all really good soups is actually to make a stock because then that brings you into the winter so it's got all the um the in the bones of the chicken you've got all the um, natural collagen you know great for your skin the glucosamine and um so and fantastically good for your gut so wow i think make make a chicken stock if you do one thing one thing one new you know habit in the kitchen make a chicken stock and then season it and then you can add you can have it just like that just to drink it you know from a cup if you like you know, it's um, funny because everything that Ballymaloo stands for is about um circular thinking around food and yes you know you, I know you're here as um as you and as a, an amazing cook and author um and broadcaster but if we you talked about the gut and the biome you know and i think yeah. we're only beginning to understand um the the importance of biome health and and how to kind of position the biome as almost the second brain in the body um and i, I think a lot of the autoimmune issues and and loads of kind of um ailments of today are linked to that gut health you know what are your pearls of wisdom around kind of protecting your gut apart apart from soup which obviously is you know a major boon but but what else what are the ingredients you think we should be looking for to to create that environment i think um i think sugar is one thing we all need to watch out for um it messes up all the lovely natural workings in your gut 
Of course, in drinks, in fermented drinks, where the sugar is fermented, like in a kombucha or kefir, you know, that's that's quite different. But I think um, sugar is one thing. So uh, now having said that, I will then make a cake mm. and enjoy a slice, one slice, but enjoy it and and try and actually be conscious, you know, be mindful of, of what I'm eating it. So because, you know, the way it's very easy just to to eat lots of a food when you're not thinking about it mm. and then suddenly 10 minutes later you realize oh wow I'm really full but anyway so t- to enjoy it if you are going to have something but I think um so so for instance because it's all a bit hectic with as I said moving house and everything at the moment I almost want to kind of reach for sugar just to give me a little bit of a but I know that will be the worst thing because then it just sets everything badly and then you need more and more don't you and then you have the have the crash so actually it is going to be it's going to be a, a stock evening this evening I'm going to well actually I'm going to roast the chicken first and then tomorrow I'm going to get on the stock because I just I feel like I need to mic you know when your your head your just even your positivity wow. your your mental health you just feel so much better from from eating some good food I know we all blow out every so often I mean give me a gin tonic and a bag of crisps and I'm one of the happiest people in the world but balance is key it's yes. absolutely key I think it really, really is. Um, I can't, if I, if I kept lots of crisps in the house, then I would eat them the whole time. So it's, that, that is my treat. total downfall as well. I, as really? Flavory salty. Snack, yeah. cheesy, salty. Salty. Yeah, yeah, that is. I mean, I actually don't have that much of a grow for, for sugar and sweet things at all. Maybe the odd bit of dark chocolate, but um, yeah, it's, it's the savories that get me every single yeah, time. Yeah. Stuck a cord in there. <clears throat> I, I, I would, my family history of eating would be unconscious eating. So just really, yeah. Standing in front of the fridge as a teenager and going back two minutes later and expecting everything to be changed. And that was you know, just, uh, what's in the fridge, just unconscious eating and conscious eating is something I've only learned in the last mm-hmm. couple of years, you know, just being a con. Well, my dad passed away, unfortunately from a series of strokes. And then my mm-hmm. sister had a stroke the day he died my, in her early fifties. And then I had a blood clot. So I was like, oh, and I woke up one morning. I told the story a few times. And I went, maybe it's what I'm eating. <laughs> and wow. so I got it. Yeah. And I like, literally started to change my relationship with food and be conscious about it. And I have really enjoyed the journey because um, it, it, you make it make something a, a hobby or, you know, or, or learning. Yes. It, it can be much more interesting, engaging rather than a chore. But yeah. I grew up in a house where my mother was a hairdresser. She's now a, a psychotherapist and a very brilliant woman, but would say to us, I'm not a cook I'm a hairdresser that's what you're getting so food was always a chore so we grew up with this labor around food that was just a thing to get through yeah and And I'm trying to change my attitude to that and make you have have fundamentally changed your your relationship with food over the last four years don't leave a six pack of crisps in the I wanted to ask you, because first of all, in in researching um, before you came on, I never, ever realized. And I know you a long time, but I know Simone, your sister, even longer. Never realized that your mother was Icelandic. Yes, she is. Yeah. And how, how did how did your parents come to meet them? My mom was in art college in England. So her family, her father was a doctor and um, a geriatric psychiatrist, actually. And, and even into while well, he was a geriatric as well. But um, they moved to England from Iceland when mum was a teenager and um, they were living in Birmingham. Mum went to art college. She was always in 
yeah, fashion and art. And um, and then she came to Dublin for a weekend with friends of friends of hers, and met my dad in um, was it the 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 Wicklow Hotel in Wicklow Street, Wex, um, hotel on Wicklow Wicklow Street, I think, in the bar there. She said he was with lots of friends. He had about six pints of Guinness lined up in front of him. So I think she wasn't maybe that impressed the very first time. Um, and then next time she was. Yeah, he invited her, <laughs> yeah, yes. invited her back. And she was 18 and they were married at 19. Thankfully, up until my dad died two and a half years ago, they were, yeah, they were great. Amazing. Yeah, really great. Um, yes, I have, I definitely have just a, a very deep-rooted love or affinity or whatever, or, you know, interest in in all things or many things Nordic, mm. I'm always drawn to the aesthetics. Um, I'm always drawn to the, the people, the food, the, you know, everything. So, so, and actually I'm talking to someone about making a program over there at the moment. Wow. Um, so I really, really hope that works out because I would love to, to do that. And you've been there, I presume. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We went there a lot when we were younger, but I haven't been for years mm. because there was always another trip to do, a work trip to do, something else. And and I do regret we should have gone back as a family with with while well, my dad was still alive because he loved Iceland. Um, and my parents went there on their honeymoon. And actually, I have in some of my packing boxes. Oh yeah, in that box there, um, my dad's Icelandic jumper. Oh, yeah, and these these jumpers like the um, you know, like the West of Ireland fisherman jumpers as well. All the different knits and yarn um, um, come from a particular family. Oh, that's <laughs> lovely! And you know, um, you've pretty much grown up in in the spotlight as well. And you know, this is the pearls of wisdom, and we only invite invite the most fantastic women who we consider. <laughs> in their field to share their pearls of wisdom so we want to learn what you've learned along the way there must have been so many times where you thought well I'm never doing that again (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness what have I learned I mean I felt because listening to all your other incredible people on your podcast I actually when I was driving to Dublin a few months ago and I was listening to a few of them and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I mean, how can I compare to, to anyone like these people? Um, so I really, I'm not, what pearls of wisdom do I have? I do, um, my father always used to say, actually, um, you know, treat treat people as, as you would expect to be treated, treated yourself. Look people in the eye, smile, use good manners. It's nice to be nice, you know, all those kind of little things. And I know that all sounds a little bit maybe, you know, no. fickle, but actually I do, I do, but I, I love people. I really enjoy interacting with people and chatting with people and hearing people's stories. So, so I think it's just, you know, and I know it's all, you know, everyone's saying now be kind, you know, but, but yes, it's, it's an age old thing and that's never going to go out of fashion as that's your become less important. A- I have a question, a big question about how you manage everything. But first, we're going to take a little break and we're back. So you have an international career, um, which does, you you know, in some ways, you know, not being able to travel so much has been kind of great for some people. You can take a break and, and, and do things online. But you do travel a lot. You're always on the BBC in the morning. I can see you <laughs> at the weekends and you're writing books and you're teaching. So and you have a family and you're building a home. So what is your pearl of wisdom around 
not losing your mind and managing all those spinning plates. I have to, I can't do late nights. If I'm tired and if I'm eating badly, the the plates just come crashing down. So it's, does that sound just ridiculous? Just yeah. getting no, an early no. night, eating some decent I, I, food. Um, what's an early night? Not lose the head. What's an early night? I love to be in bed by 10 during the week. Um, <laughs> do you? Yeah, because yeah. I set my alarm clock for six. And I just, if, if I can get eight hours sleep, last night I was awake for a little bit um, because the cats oh, won't stop meowing because we have to keep them in the house until they're, you know, they can go out. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, so, um, but if I can get a good night's sleep and, and my mum is great. Mum's really wise. And she'll always say, you know, if I say, I, I, like I was saying to her the other day, oh, mum, it's hectic and moving and, and, and it's still working. And how am I going to do everything? And she says, Rachel, you're all healthy. You're all healthy. So I think it's trying to appreciate what I have. Um, I'm really grateful for what some people might think are the small things. I think they're the really big things. Like to have great family, great friends. I have a husband who is amazing. We just have such respect for each other. So I think it's also to try and not lose sight of that. In terms of minding yourself, can I ask you, I mean, all of that makes perfect sense. And I actually think... To some extent, the simplicity of that message is is not surfaced enough that, you know, we try and, you know, particularly in a in a a world where wellness is the biggest trend to hit humanity Mm -hmm. in multiple decades. And we're all conscious of our, you know, our physical health, our health, our mental health, our fitness. It's actually getting the basics right without getting the basics right. You're just kind of piling bricks onto something that's going to fall over anyway. So I, I think that's a really important message. But I wanted to ask you, are you aware, because I know I know I am, of that personal sustainability piece being a bit of a shifting sands that, you know, what what we needed, you know, 10 years ago is not what we need now. And that acknowledgement that, okay, I recognize that I need different things to keep going now. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. Definitely. As I get older, I do realize that. Yeah, I feel very old actually saying saying that that but actually it's it's okay. It's it is if I can just, you know, meet my friends, we go swimming in the mornings, um, have a bit of a laugh, you know, that just sets me up so well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Before it might have been, you know, well, no, I still actually love being, I was going to say, before it might have been, oh, let's go to wherever for the day, do a bit of shopping, meet a friend for lunch. That's also great too. <laughs> <laughs> love that. Yeah. And it's funny because you mentioned, you know, this love of people and hearing people's stories. And, you know, I think there's a lot of research out there. In fact, I know there's a lot of research out there about the power of that curiosity. And in terms of our sort of neural agility and keeping plugged into what's around us. I mean, I certainly have noticed some older people whose worlds have kind of shrunken in. And I think the less exposed you are to new perspectives, that's Mm. kind of a a challenge for us, I think. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. That's exactly it. As it becomes shrunken in, when you're not, I mean, meeting new people. I'm always actually fascinated uh, by Dorita, my mother-in-law. She's always fascinated by what's going on here, there, everywhere, you know, and that's, but it's, but it's just fantastic trying to keep your mind still going. um, And, but also, you know, mental health is a massive thing. I'm so grateful that I have good mental health because, you know, there've been some times when I've been thinking, oh, seriously, 
but actually you just have to go, okay, and just try and breathe. And, and if I wasn't cooking, would it be a field I'd be interested in working in? Probably. Probably, you know, trying to, I don't know, help people or break down the basics and try and say, right, okay, start, start here. You know, look what you have. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's something I'm. You, you, Sonia would have, sounds like, would have a similar uh, awareness of her good mental health, which is a very unique skill in a human, I think, because when people have good mental health, they don't really understand what bad mental health looks like. Um, obviously, I'm going somewhere with this. I would have, over the years, have had challenges with my mental health that I'm very aware of. My mother's a therapist and blah, blah, blah. And so I can kind of dip in and out of it. But we've had a great, been able to have that great conversation. You just described that an awareness of good mental health is never something to take for granted. Mm. It's exactly yeah. like an awareness of good physical health. Mm. Yes. Don't take it for granted, you know? 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's so true. It really is. And it's, you know, and I know it just, it comes from, you know, physical makeup, DNA, um, but also, you know, life circumstances, food. Yeah. There, there are so many factors, aren't there? And sometimes, and it's just it's so awful, you know, for, for some people that it just, they've got a few mitigating factors that um, don't exactly, don't you exactly have help. A one food that people listening could, that you eat, that they could listen to a piece of advice that instantly makes you feel better. Butter. <laughs> I'm so surprised you said that. Why? Because <laughs> it's so bad for you. <laughs> no, it's not. No. I have, hang on. I don't know if I've told you this story, and if I haven't, I I am remiss. Um, I remember Catherine Condell told a story. Who is a stylist? Uh, I know Catherine Condell. Told a story, and she's probably told you this story of being down in Cork and overhearing two women at a posh restaurant having lunch, and one said to the other. I cooked that um I cooked that Dorina recipe you gave me and the other one said did you how did you get on she said well she said for the butter (laughs) (laughs) well I think I might be as well if you can't see the you know your teeth marks in your toast you don't have enough butter on it I always have butter on the go by the way yeah I love it yeah (laughs) do you know also to try and remember that um so many vitamins are fat soluble. I'm not a nutritionist. I don't claim to be. A, D, E, and K from memory in school. <laughs> oh my goodness, Sonia, well done. <laughs> I, I only discovered recently that I have a photographic memory for letters and words. Really? But not every letter and word I might add, but certain <laughs> letters and words stick and don't go away. Really? What does that mean? Does that mean? Sorry, fat soluble. So that, that if you're eating foods with those vitamins, in them, you need fat with them in order for your body to be able to absorb the vitamins. And so it's, it, you know, so that's why the Italians have been putting olive oil with their tomatoes or the Asians have been putting coconut oil or even a little bit of sesame oil into, into the stir fry. It's, 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 um, yeah, I I find it interesting, but I definitely, I definitely, yeah, life is just Life would be really sad without butter. I do, I do think as well about food. Um, you know, it was interesting just to touch back on something that you said a while ago, Brendan, about yeah, changing, changing your food, changing your diet. I think um, deprivation, you know, mm. is is an awful thing. And I think, and you've obviously done it in such a positive way. And I think that's really something that people should really try and keep in mind. You know, it's not like saying I'm not going to eat that. It's actually trying to think what's really delicious, but is also good for me. What what that was 
that was groundbreaking for me. That changed my perspective on yeah. everything. And also simplicity. I really like simple food. I love Greek yeah. food. I love simple, simple, simple oh, food. I love salad, Greek food. Salad and fish. I like hot with cold, you see. So yes. I, I like salad with sort of a hot fish. And I like that hot with cold combination. Yeah, I do so too. What I discovered was Cold softly whipped cream on. I actually <laughs> sounded like a little old lady the night. I cooked dinner and we were eating. And I was like, is it nice? Is it nice? I look for approval all the time. It's <laughs> terribly annoying. Is it nice? Is it nice? And I was like, yeah, it's really nice. And I said, you wouldn't get it in a restaurant, would you? <laughs> I heard the rest of the words come out of my mouth. I was like, oh my God, who am I? <laughs> Did I say that? That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Okay, Rachel, we are. Okay, this is now we're teetering into December at this stage and you are the font of all knowledge when it comes to food and fare and feeding people. So we, we do need to ask you about your pearls <laughs> of wisdom around how to tackle Christmas and, and food preparation and making it fabulous without going insane <laughs> yes yeah I think that's a really good point as well without going insane actually I really really hope that you know Christmas anyway that that's just the whole shopping thing that's another thing well we can go to that um, <laughs> so um you know because it's so much pressure for people or so so many people people put themselves under so much pressure with buying presents and everything that's but anyway that that's another thing um I am an avid list maker I love a list when I'm writing a list I always will write something on the list that I've almost finished, almost completed, you know, the task. Um, oh, so like quick tick. tick. Oh. Yeah. And it's just a really good way to start. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds pathetic. Um, but actually, being totally serious, at the cookery school at Ballymaloo, when students come on the three-month course, we always teach them how to make an order of work. So, um, and I think this is brilliant. If you're the cook on Christmas Day or any day of the year, but particularly Christmas Day, because there's lots of distraction, isn't there? You know, and if there are, I don't know, little kids running around excited or family coming or, you know, glasses of sherry or champagne you know, being <laughs> just sipped while you're cooking. It, it, there's a lot of distraction. So I definitely think it's worth um, writing an order of work and writing an order of work on a day, like before before Christmas, write it, you know, a couple of days before. And literally to, to write it out, um, and this could be like Christmas Eve, make stuffing, put in fridge, you know, or page 24 of um, <laughs> Rachel Allen's cookbook, whatever it is, you know. <laughs> um, and, and even just like, you could even say, um, peel the Brussels sprouts, you know, keep them covered. I'm a big fan of keeping vegetables covered with wet kitchen paper rather than covering them in water, soaking overnight. Keep them covered with wet That's kitchen paper. That's a good in- one. That's a really good one. Why is yeah. it? Because the, the nutrients seep into the water. Yes, apparently. And you can definitely tell by the flavor that you lose lots of flavor. So if you soak peeled potatoes, carrots, Brussels sprouts in a bowl of cold water overnight to get ahead, which is a great idea to get ahead, you're losing lots. And also the vegetables are so absorbent, sponge-like, you know, that they'll just absorb water while losing the goodness. So keep them covered in a folded up, you know, two or three times layer of wet kitchen paper. Wow. And it just keeps nice. But um, so making an order of work is something. And and then for, and literally you could write and you could work back from, say, if you want to be sitting down at say four o'clock, you could write, you know, 11 or 11.30, turkey in, 180. And you've worked out the time it's going to take, depending on the, the weight of it, if it's turkey or whatever it is, vegetarian, Random, whatever it is. It's basically a production schedule. Yeah. Is that what you do? Yes. Well, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't really buy into Christmas. I haven't done in a long time. So I just go wherever I'm invited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even really buy gifts. 
Yeah. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a very generous human being. So people <laughs> benefit from my company all year round. And if there's anything to, in my nieces and nephews, of course I will, but yeah, just what you described there about. Yeah. Just, the madness. The madness. I'd, I'd never, ever Christmas Eve. I like to walk up into, I live in the city, walk into town, soak up the atmosphere and pick up a few little things and say hello to people. And I'm very sanguine about Christmas. It doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't, I don't take it on. My sister, on the other hand, is crazy. Well, I, think, I, I think it has a lot to do with kids. Let's be really yes. honest about this. You know, yeah. Christmas is yeah. about children and, and the magic yes. of that wonderment and, and and hoping that it doesn't tip over into high commercialism, um, which it generally does. Uh, yeah. but, but it is, it's, it, you know, that that's... I feel a movement away from that. I feel yeah. it. Yeah. So make it about the food, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yes. I mean, we in in our family of of say Tim and Dorina and all of Isaac's um, siblings, we were by the niece and nephews children, and then we've yeah. started in the last few years of basically just bringing a little gift can be just worth you know even 10 15 euro and or it could be something funny or it can be a nice a beautiful cup that you've seen or it can be um yeah. you know whatever and more um, civilized isn't it and then you do this thing you know where you pass it around the circle and um if you decide to take it the next the person after you can say i want it and then so passes the, the presents pass around or doing like a Chris Kindle thing, yeah. you know, and, and I think it just makes perfect sense rather than, as you say, just buying. So I do a Chris Kindle every year with about 20 friends. Sonia comes and you're only allowed to spend 30 euro max. Yeah. Try and get it for 20 euro. But your present is put on the table and it's judged. <laughs> and the best presents, the, the funniest presents. So, for example, a twink plate was like the gays went mad for it, like mad. <laughs> And and you can if you get the, the number, then the person after you can take it, and they pick again, and so it gets. It turns, oh it's yeah, kind that's of mayhem. It, exactly. That's like the yeah. one that. Yeah, but it's really fun. Great fun. Great. Brilliant. Now, Brilliant. Rachel, we know how busy you are because we can see it, and you've told us, and you're sitting in <laughs> in amongst uh, unpacked boxes, and you've an iPad to find, and uh, we. we <laughs> We have a little thing that we do um, because we absolutely love our Esther. Um, so we, we feel that it's important to give her voice because we're about female empowerment. Um, so we always finish off our podcast with Esther's question. Thank you, Sonia. Yeah, it's also written into a contract, so I'd sue if they didn't, they didn't come to me. <laughs> but, but my question is, I had a look yesterday and I was like, for my count, you've written 19 cookbooks. Maybe you've done more now. And you've got your columns and you're doing all this, all these things. Like, how do you, that's putting out a lot of energy and you're creating all the time. So how do you kind of approach your creative process? Do you ever just kind of lock yourself in a room, you know, once a day or once a week? Or how do you constantly create? Or you just do it. You're just like, I don't have time to think. I just do it. I definitely have to kind of set up my little area. I, I like to have a nice area around me. I haven't worked out where that area is going to be in this house, which is temporary one while we're moving. Um, but I will have by this afternoon. Yes, I, I kind of set myself up, make some a delicious cup of tea or coffee, kind of to get in the zone. How? Um, that's a really bad question to a good answer. I mean, a really bad answer. <laughs> no, no, Freudian slip. You're correct. <laughs> you were correct the first time. Rachel, yeah. you're like, I don't know why you are on your last warning, okay? That's all I'm <laughs> oh, it's easy. It's easy to create for a cookbook because I just love eating. I think I'm constantly hungry. So that can that's that's quite easy. I'm always thinking, and always when I'm hungry and I'm thinking, oh, I would just love <laughs> like a I don't know, wonton soup with yummy. 
I know, whatever. Or um, so, and then I just take notes all the time. You do well with deadlines. Uh, oh, Brendan loves a deadline. <laughs> I love a deadline. I just, I, I mean, I, I work best. <laughs> I definitely work best under pressure. Yeah. Um, so my article always has to be in on a Friday at twelve p.m. I haven't started Uh-oh. yet. It's something like eleven. <laughs> Um, and it takes a couple of hours so so it's you know I could start it on a Monday but no it has yeah. to be on Friday at 12 so I start it late Friday morning um, <laughs> deadline and and then it just kind of comes out to me I'm useless in the evening at being creative absolutely useless and all my family oh, really? know aren't we Brendan yeah, really much, we run out of steam all, all our oh, creation happens in the morning I'm the, exactly the same I find frustrated because I, I have time in the evening sometimes and yes, nothing left. I know. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm exactly the same. Everyone here knows not to ask me kind of complicated questions in the evening. I just go, no, please. Well, look, you're, uh, not, you're um, on a deadline, Rachel Allen. You better let you've you go. You've got copies to file. You've got, you've got one <laughs> iPad to find for two hour job. I, I think you better let you go. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. I don't think I imparted any. Oh, you're amazing. Oh, you did. But it was a lovely chat. Oh, sure thank you was. so much, Rachel. Thank you. We put that Thank you your so book in the, in the notes. Oh, thank you. <laughs> See you later. Bye, Sonia. Bye, Bye, Brendan. And best of luck at the house. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>